We're back on it. Here we are. Uh, so, yeah. So, what you been up to? So, uh, we're yeah, we're back with season two. I've been just trying to keep on keeping on. COVID, all that movement for Black Lives, all the things going on in our country. Uh, but keeping within my bubble, I've been I've been all right. I'm gonna stop you right there. Uh, what's COVID? So it's. Uh, you may, from your Fox News watch uh, viewership, refer to it as the China virus. Oh, uh, okay. Now I understand. Now mm-hmm. dots are, are connecting. Yeah, Bill, the one that Bill Gates brought. Oh, wasn't Anthony Fauci involved in like bringing that over too? Yeah, he was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we don't want the deep states watching, so we won't get too deep. Uh, that's true. If the deep state was really truly so powerful, how come like what are they being deep state about? Because like Trump won, and before that we had Barack Obama. I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, they're they're getting their stuff together. The deep state's uh, troubled for sure. The deep state well, has a bad marketing marketing branch. Back like we never left. Happy to be to be back with. Uh, Season two of Point Small five. Brains, Big Picks. 2.5, yeah, 2. we kind of started, and then the world started to collapse again, and so we took a break, um, and now we're back. Um, but uh, It should be noted that we're being very socially distant right now. We are, yes. We're socially distant. We're outside. Um, so, so we I'm apologize sure you- for any... Any loud noises, any trucks or cars yeah. or smooth jazz coming from the uh, liquor store across the street. Yep, some lawns being mowed. It is it is a Monday, so a lot of people getting their lawns mowed while they're at work, all that. But it is what it is. We're going to make the best of it and uh, stay safe out here, keeping our asses at home. Okay, so if you know it, you know it. Then if you don't, now, now you'll know it. Uh, we're going to start out with our starting five. I'll go first. Um, starting five... All right, so baseball season has returned in all its regalia. Um, are you surprised? Is this the level of retribution you thought the Astros would be getting for their skullduggery uh, that came to light uh, with the 2017 World Championship? You know, I went back and forth a little bit on this um, because, you know, the Astros cheating scandal was so huge, but then there are these four months of, like, silence was almost, it was like, well, well people's visceral emotions kind of cool off during this time but i mean if you know anything about sports and baseball players hold grudges heavily like superstitious and over the top about their little the intricacies and the unwritten rules of sport and so when you so violently break those rules um i guess i shouldn't be surprised but every night is something with the astros now and players being hit and little fake brawls um so it's it, people definitely ain't forgotten. I think I think the brawl has elevated to a new level of uh, maliciousness because of the droplets. You get yeah. in a brawl and there's droplets flying every which way. Yep, yep, yep. There, there's nothing more disrespectful in the time of COVID than to get in a brawl and then sneeze. All the time. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean ban, I ban them from life. Yep. Yeah, I saw a post today that was like the Ramon Laureano fight. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, the yeah, I did, yeah. guy that. It was like Ramon Laureano suspended for five years without pay and uh, and COVID and the Astros will receive a $20 fine and 
what's his name, uh, formerly of the Red Sox, is suspended for another eight games for oh, his Kelly, non-involvement. Yeah. Right, uh, yes. Big shout out MLB memes. Right. Um, you saw that too. Yeah. All right, uh, I'm up. So uh, starting it, coming in with a, a softball, the Red Sox are 6-9. and nine. Things have mostly not looked very good. Um, what are your feelings about the team? They're going to be bad. And they're going to unfortunately be good enough that they're not going to be bad enough to get a good draft pick. Mm. I think that, and this is a whole other subject, I think the MLB playoff thing is completely crap. I think like more teams being in is just putting more people at risk, which we'll get into a little bit later. I think the Red Sox look so thin pitching-wise with Eduardo and Chris Sale being out. Nathan Avaldi has pitched well, and I think the best hope for the Red Sox is by the end of August, someone wants him and they can flip him for some prospect value, but I think prospect value is going to be low. Mm. I think the worst possible thing is the Red Sox are one game or two games above 500 at the end of August. Yeah. I, I, uh, I tend to disagree. I actually like the playoffs, but we won't dive too deep into that. Um, hit me with one. All right, Teresa, you're up. Ooh, I'm up. Okay, mine's also about baseball and also about the Red Sox. So... I guess this is for either of you, but um, what do you think of Mitch Moreland's walk-off home run the other day, and what do you think's gonna, what's his future this season? Man, Mitchie Fourbags on pace for 25 home runs in a 60-game season. He's got six. Uh, well, he's not gonna get the at-bats, though. No, but uh, what can you say? Mitchie, Mitchie Two-Bags became Mitchie Fourbags. It's big stuff for the Red Sox. If, if he can keep this up in all seriousness in any type of form, it's a very good sign for them because their two best hitters are not hitting. Right. Yeah, no, again, I got to go back to what I said about Nathan Avaldi is I love Mitch Moreland, but if he raises his value, you know, there's teams that have first base holes that would love to have him on their squad. Think like the Cubs. The Cubs would love to have him platooning and pinch hitting um, or the Astros. The Astros seem to have a little bit of a hole at first base. So, Mitchie Fourbags being from Texas, maybe Texas bound. See, this is why I pick mediocre players because I don't want them to leave the team that I like. But now, then they get good. It's it's terrible. Yeah. I lost I lost salty that way too. Well, for for Teresa's sake, let's hope that Mitch Moreland hits two forty six with with eleven home, home runs. runs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, here's my here's my next one. So, Trump a couple weeks ago, said that he was throwing out the first pitch uh, at a Red Sox-Yankees game at Yankee Stadium, which to me was just like, of course. I mean, the Yankees, I like to lump all my evil things uh, together. So, like, the Yankees and Trump seemed like natural fits. Trump was really close with George Steinbrenner, so, you know, they probably, uh, whatever. Uh, So, what do you think? What do you think of that whole thing? And then, I guess he wasn't invited, was what came out. Uh, What do you make of that whole business? Um, well, so the the main thing that I think about is now almost four years into the Trump era, um, we've begun to see that like he really he has a relatively small toolbox of moves. Like this is we've seen this move of like oh you don't want to invite me. Well, I didn't want to be invited. We've seen this move from him. I can't come up with the examples right now, but I know we've seen this move from him. Five, six times during his presidency, he doesn't have a big toolbox. It's, it's uh, you know, drive hate against minority communities. It's uh, give more money to rich people. It's nepotism. And it's, it's uh, 
you know, this is one of the those little moves in his toolbox. If there was, if Trump was in a basketball video game, what icons would he have? I think he'd definitely have the nepotism icon, and he'd definitely have the distracting icon. Wow, yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't prepared for this. But I, I have to agree, he would have the nepotism icon. Um, and, you know, maybe he'd have the lockdown defender icon. I don't know. He's pretty good at defending white supremacy. Right. A little, yeah. a little, a little. I'll make it. I'll make it, and okay. it will appear right here. <laughs> Uh oh, we're already getting into the icons again. The <laughs> graphics are coming back with a fury. Um, um, what, what's your last one? All right, so my last one um, is a little bit more serious. Um, but as all three of us know, and uh, most people know at this point, um, in Beirut, uh, there was this horrible explosion that's left <laughs> well over 150 people dead at this point, destroyed millions and millions of dollars of property during a massive economic collapse uh, already in this country. Um, thousands of people injured, terrible, horrible explosion. Um, and my question is not necessarily exactly about that. Other people have had their important takes about that. Um, but my thoughts around this have just been around, I'm so focused on, and as, as we all are, like this the things we have going on here, right? And we're focused on COVID and we're focused on the movement for black lives and we're focused on the immigration crisis and we're fo focused on the election and all these things. And I almost feel a little bit, I feel guilty at times that I'm not able to draw my focus to this as well. I've, I really have barely, I just know the top of what's been said in the news and I've contributed no money. Like, how do you deal with that? Like trying to, feel that you're giving your your energy to all these different causes at once or is it it's not possible i guess i think it's not i think it's unfortunately not possible i think that well we kind of saw this with with the the george floyd wave of the movement for black lives is is people love a good crisis you know it was before, you know, George Floyd a few months ago. It was about like the rainforest in Australia or the forest in Australia, the wildfires in Australia. And, and, you know, there's always been there's always a cause that people rally behind, which is great. And it's good that like they get their attention. I just feel that unfortunately, a lot of these causes slip through the cracks. A lot of these things become like if they're not hip anymore, they don't get the attention that they need and they fall by the wayside. I think that it's hard to not feel guilty about spreading yourself about giving equal to whatever you feel is right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just about being earnest about the ones you believe in and not disregarding the other ones, but letting like, I mean, all these, a lot of these causes are lifelong things. They're not, they're right. marathons. They're not sprints. And yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, put their black icons up on, on Instagram and, uh, and, you know, may donate some money, but, you know, quickly thereafter, a lot of places that a lot of individuals, I should say, moved on to supporting yeah. something else. And we'll all get our little, I support, um, you know, Beirut, you know, things up for our Facebook profile pictures. Right. I'm sure they're already out there. Um, but to me, it's, it's, it's donate when there's a crisis, but don't be ignorant to the fact that like, if this was in New York City or this was in Philadelphia or this was in Denver, that this would be the biggest thing going on right now in the world and that it's brown people in a country that no one can identify on a map. That's being a little too cynical, but it's true. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love how you put it, the marathon sprint. I think we can 
we can only run one or two marathons. Um, we, you can do a lot of sprints. You can donate during a crisis. But uh, if one wants to be committed in that marathon to a, a movement, you can only really run them run a couple marathons. Um, so I, I do. Th- I think that's an important way to put it. There's yeah. A nice framing. Yeah, and and that's not to say that you should disregard things. I think you need to keep mindfulness at the front of your of, of your thought and, and, and worldliness but at the same time I think you need to not be disingenuous either because that mm-hmm. doesn't help anyone yeah I mean money helps but being disingenuous is never any good no doubt cool um, well that uh, takes us to the end of our first uh, our first starting Se- five season 2.5 season 2.5 starting five um, we're going to keep it on moving into the, the, the main episode. We're doing a little bit different since it's our, our season premiere-ish, if you will. Um, right. Well, we're like Adam Silver. We're always tinkering with this thing for our you know, three yeah. or four listeners. Right, right, right. Um, I always think of myself as basically Adam Silver with hair. Um, so uh, our, our first topic today that we're really not going to dive into, but really just begin to overview the scope of this season is is the movement of black lives in sports, uh, the movement for black lives in sports, um, and, and how this movement has played a role in the sporting world, which is the world that you and I pay a ton of attention to and, mm-hmm. and mostly talk about, um, and what its role in our minds should be. We're going to bring on some guests to talk about it. Um, and, and yeah, we're, we're going to take that over the next like five, six weeks, for sure, at least. Yeah, I think uh, we are going to do um, kind of an ongoing series because it's such a big topic. We don't feel right just talking about uh, Black Lives Matter for one movement, uh, for one episode or two episodes that it's going to really have to be part of our ongoing dialogue. And it's a way for us to uh, try to do a better job in our own personal lives and as a company of of really talking about the things, again, coming back to that marathon, talk about the things that, that really do matter mm-hmm. to us as a company and us as people. Yeah, and when you think about, um, I think one of the biggest lessons for me uh, around this year has been like the idea of humility and learning. Um, and so full transparency, half an hour ago, we sat down here to have our Black Lives Matter episode. And we're very committed to it, serious about it, right? But mm-hmm. quickly realized like, Either this is a seven-hour episode, or we're going to have two white guys spending 30 minutes on Black Lives Matter and checking out and moving on to the next thing. So, it, Well, we had talked about making this a multi-episode thing, but, but right. we, we quickly realized talking in our production meeting that this, was gonna be, this had to be something that we would come back to and come back to and back to. And not also you know, having it be an ongoing dialogue, because again, we're trying to keep this yep. front of mind. And we want to bring on some guests that have different perspectives than our own. Um, be it that we're brothers, we often uh, are preaching to the choir back and forth to ourselves. Um, the echo chamber. Yes. I think all my favorite episodes are episodes where we bring on people and where we end up bringing people on strategically who are passionate about the topics we're, we're speaking about. So we're going to make an effort to do that and and try to do some justice to the conversation um, and really just uh, the many aspects in, in which this movement for racial equality, for, for justice mm-hmm. uh, plays in the long term and should play in and could play in to the, the wide world of sports um, and, sure. and all that that means. Yeah. yeah. 
So um, we look forward to your questions. If there's things that you are interested in and related to sports, please leave a comment on this video and uh, we will make sure we try to represent um, all different opinions on this. I think that this is a, there, this is, there's a lot of layers to this and there's a lot of um, things that could be at face value. There's a lot of things that people neglect uh, yeah. when they hear black lives matter and sports. I think there's a lot of like, people maybe start and stop the conversation mm -hmm. at Colin Kaepernick, which just isn't the truth anymore. Yeah. And, and we know that like uh, kind of a mainstay of this, of this podcast is that we know people aren't going to listen to us say the same thing that Tony Kornheiser and Will Bond say. So we try to find topics that aren't necessarily the most talked about. So we want to find angles uh, on this that people feel are neglected. So for that reason, like we, if, if you want to, come on as a guest like we're working on that that guest list and if you want to uh if you have a topic for us let us know um we want to just like dive in and just explore uh this in different ways and see where it takes us yep so, also so i want to jump in here as the producer um if you are not watching this on youtube and you're listening it and you're hip to email please feel free to email us at info at obscura broadcasting company.com man talk about why you need producers like you and me a bit when we're like, where are the passenger pigeons? I don't even know where the at symbol goes. You <laughs> yeah, know? Like, it was beautiful. I at symbol. Oh, no, you just go I-N-F-O, A-T. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Um, um, all right. So uh, moving on to our, our kind of our, our other topic, and we're going to be talking about this a lot because they're kind of the two big things going on right now. But we're going to be talking. We want to talk about uh, relatively briefly today about, uh, about the MLB and this weird short season and the uh nba bubble mm -hmm. um i think let's start with uh mlb because uh, we refer referenced it earlier i uh i feel like this season is feeling weird to me it's feeling weird it's feeling not real they're really trying everything i think the runner at starting at second base and in extra innings is kind of uh, a queer idea that they that they're throwing around and i know they've been talking about for years seven inning double headers like i just i worry that and this is like what every old baseball fan worries about is that they're like messing with the sport maybe a little too much that I don't think seven in games versus nine inning games is going to get droves of fans to show up. You know, my my natural response is to agree with you because I in my soul feel the same way. Right. But I also think that that is the purest, the baseball purest within myself. And I think this attachment to purity that baseball seems to hold onto more than any other sport, perhaps because it is the oldest uh, of the professional leagues, mm -hmm. um, is really has really hurt the sport a lot um, and has has led to a lot of the fall off in in youth baseball, a lot of the fall off in uh, viewership of the MLB. Um, so I think it's a weirdly a really good opportunity for them to, like you said, try everything. I fucking hate the runner on second. It mm -hmm. seems ridiculous to me. Yeah. But if they try it this year, like it's like any other change in our lives. When major changes happen, they're really uncomfortable at first. And two years later, you forget that it even used to be another way. They moved right. the three-point line back in college basketball. 10 years ago or whatever, no one remembers that it was one foot forward before, right? Mm -hmm. um, no one remembers that there didn't used to be, people remember there didn't used to be a three-point line, but like it feels as if you can't imagine a league without it. Um, um, I mean, so 
I guess the thing is that baseball, and this is again the purest perspective, but maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe this is a good question for Teresa. Um, does, as a casual baseball fan, does it matter to you, Teresa, if all of a sudden baseball is one third shorter in their games on average? I mean, would that be the permanent change or just like the season due to circumstances? I'm just saying that if they decide to go with baseball games, there's been talk on the periphery that baseball games are too long and a, a way to make them shorter is make it instead of nine innings, seven innings. Um, would you like that? Would you, would you think that's a good idea? Um, I'm not like vehemently against it, but I think it would be weird because especially if you go to a baseball game, I actually like that it's pretty long. I feel like it's an experience and some games are longer than others, but those tend to be more exciting if they go into extra innings. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have, as a casual fan, I have no problem with how long it is when I'm there in person. I don't watch it a lot on television, so that might be a different perspective. But yeah, when I'm there, I actually like how long it is. I feel like this is my this is my half a day. I'm doing baseball. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be there. Yeah, I mean, my overall perspective on it all is is I mean, I said this like this is a weird opportunity to just test it all, and like yeah. now we'll get to see. Like obviously, we don't get to see if fans want to go to these games more, which is too bad. Like you can't see how that affects it in terms of in person viewership. But the MLB is gonna have a pretty great opportunity to just look at ratings on seven inning doubleheaders versus previous doubleheaders to look at ratings on uh, to look at ratings on extra innings games versus extra inning games now with a runner on second like right. they baseball loves analytics time to do those analytics and 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 change up the PR campaigns respond to the analytics properly and if if the data says that I want baseball to be popular so at the end of the day I think I will coalesce to the moves that make po baseball more popular. Right. I mean, there's also the argument with any sort of these experimentations, right, that you're going to... I know we're kind of going far afield from this season, but um, there's always the thing that, like, do you really want to... You know, it's the, it's the classic meme, right? You know, that uh, the guy with the girlfriend, and he's looking at this other girl that's walking past. Mm -hmm. Do they really want to, like, diss their fans? Because the hardcore baseball fans, and maybe even the casual baseball fans... Are baseball's all about the huge records, the, mm -hmm. the big, you know, seven hundred and sixty-two home runs, and you know all the all the records that apply to the to the history of baseball. Um, if they start shortening games, there no one will ever beat Pete Rose. No one will ever beat Barry Bonds. No one will ever, yep. you know, even. I mean, and then all of a sudden you have guys with two thousand hits because that's all. Like the best hitters only get two thousand two hundred hits. Mm. going into the Hall of Fame because they're the best players of the era, but they've got a third less at bats. Yep. And then what do you do? Does Jay Johnstone and other people like very mediocre players, but will have the same kind of stats career-wise get in? Well, I think, I, think, uh, I think baseball, like many other things, is, uh, is, is built out of eras. And I think if those changes are made, like baseball people are smart enough to do math and figure out how many innings a player missed out on. Like, those Hall of Fame considerations and just like understandings of how great people are, will will move the they'll move the kind of the the bar, you know. Yep. Um, I think I think that adjustment can be made, um, and I think maybe it's 
it's a little bit over overthought by us. Um, um, just my la- my last quick question about this, I, and I, I'm getting I getting the signal. Um, uh, I think that the MLB is maybe a little foolish, if I'm being 100 percent honest, with playing this season. They've already had they're going to miss games. There's going to be a weird disproportionate thing. I know there's precedent for this in baseball that after the 1983 strike that went into 1984, that different teams played different amount of games. I think that it's going to be weird. You know, the Marlins already missed, what, two weeks, almost two weeks of baseball. And, you know, they're going to end up four, four games behind everyone else, at least. I just think it's dangerous. There's too many people involved. And it's really, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's all money driven. But yeah. I don't know if they are really playing. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels constantly in in kind of contrast to the NBA and WNBA bubbles that have been seemingly so successful um, right. with like zero tests coming up just about every time um, it feels like the season's hanging in the balance like every every time there's a positive test you're like oh here it comes here comes the the dominoes you hear 15 players on whatever team 13 players and staff on the Cardinals right tested positive yeah and it's like okay what about their, uh, what about, you know, the staff of the other team and the people who are in that dugout the next day and, and the journalists this and that and, and the other, and what's not talked about the journalists and the, and this is what you and Teresa were always big on as they were making moves towards this happening is like that you guys know, especially Teresa being in an uh, entertainment industry, that what they're not going to include in the numbers and the media reports are the people testing positive who are grounds crew and and all of those jobs on on the sidelines. Um, right. So I don't even know what the numbers are like for that. Is the catastrophe spilling into them? Um, I, I don't know. I, I think those numbers are going to be under under reported. I'm guessing that nobody's tested positive because it would come out. I just don't think they're getting tested as much as players are. Um, my last thing I'll say about this whole thing, this whole the COVID season that we're going to have, is I will be surprised if we get to the end of the season and all 30 teams are still playing. I'm wondering if they're going to let players opt out, teams opt out if they want to, if they're way behind, yep. and then thus securing them a higher draft pick. Yeah, I mean, I like what happens if the Marlins have another outbreak, right? Like, do they really just play say 15 less games? Right, and do they really say, like, fool me twice, let's go back out there and swing some bats? Like, I don't think you do. Right. Um, and there's so there's this and maybe this is a kind of a, a interesting way to end us, but um, looking for possible topics for the starting five this morning, I hopped on Twitter, which I rarely do, and trending on like five of the top ten Twitter topics are related to this movement, like hashtag we want to play around high school and college football players and football leagues demanding that they're allowed to play the seasons as normal in the fall. Um, and I'm just curious your thoughts on like this movement of like fighting for the justice of being able to throw football during the COVID. Uh, uh, well, I mean, my thoughts on football are well documented on the podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, my final thought on this, and, and we'll, we'll wrap it up with this, is that baseball is a fairly socially distant sport. The NBA has done an exceedingly good job at protecting their players and protecting the teams. When you get down to the lower levels, it gets a lot more complicated because you're not going to have a high school team 
completely isolated and playing another isolated team. There's so many players. There's so many kids. And the, the same thing, the same problem with football has always been prevalent, prevailing is they don't protect kids. I mean, COVID is super dangerous, but so are concussions and they don't do anything about concussions. Yep. Yep. Uh, at the end of the day, it, I think it is a matter of money and like love of watching sports unfortunately carries a ridiculous more amount more weight in especially the United States of America than public safety, social justice, uh, community safety, public health, um, education. All these things are way down on the totem pole. Um, and so we'll see uh, how these things unfold. But I think you and I both are probably a little bit pessimistic that anything will ever be money um in these united states of america right well thank you so much for listening if you like the podcast please like the podcast uh, uh if you subscribe to the podcast please subscribe to the podcast if you don't subscribe then you should subscribe uh you know uh give us a rating on on itunes or wherever you get your or not, i guess apple podcasts i'm old um and uh please uh like th- us and hit us up and hit us up about the Black Lives Matter episodes uh, that we're going to be having um, and let us know your thoughts, your critiques, uh, and we'll be talking to you soon. Yes, and we have uh, lots of methods and way to, to proceed forward in a socially distant manner and we hope to be with you always. Hasta uh, luego. See you later.